Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Thursday, October 19, 2023. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in the chapter, A Vision for You, on page 159. We will be reading the third paragraph that begins with a year and six months later, following on to the next page on 160 with the paragraph ending and place where new people might bring their problems, unpacking the one paragraph only. Today's readers are, and thank you so much to Team Thursday, Katie G, Nancy R, Martha Z, uh, Joni C, Paul P, Newcomer Greeter, Reva P, and the host for the second awesome unrecorded hour, Leah S. The reference numbers for yesterday's meeting meetings, Wednesday, October 18th, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 20,756, that's Two zero seven five six, and the ten a.m. Eastern Time meeting, twenty thousand seven hundred and fifty-seven. That's two zero seven five seven. OA preamble: Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not a public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Martha Z. Martha Z to read the 12 steps. Please go ahead, Martha. Good morning, Amy. Thank you. This is Martha Z. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God from outside of Philadelphia. Here are the steps as adapted for Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 
10. Continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry the message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you so much, Martha, for filling in. Greatly appreciate it. I will now ask for Joni C. to read the 12 traditions. Please go ahead, Joni. Good morning. This is Joni C. from Minnesota, a compulsive overeater. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose there is but one ultimate authority a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary, primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside in- contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you so much, Joni. Alrighty, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but... We ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time or you'll hear the buzzer. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. Again, this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute your phone. 
Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study in the big book. We are in the chapter, A Vision for You, on page 159, the third paragraph at the bottom of the page, and I'm going to ask Katie G to get us started. Go ahead, Katie. Can't wait. Good morning, Amy. This is Katie G, and I am a recovered compulsive eater in Boston, Massachusetts. A year and six months later, these three had succeeded with seven more. Seeing much of each other, scarce an evening passed that someone's home did not shelter a little gathering of men and women, happy in their release and constantly thinking of how they might present their discovery to some newcomer. In addition to these casual get-togethers, it became customary to set apart one night a week for a meeting to be attended by anyone way of life. Aside from fellowship and sociability, the prime object was to provide a time and place where new people might bring their problems. Let me just get my timer going. Yeah, so I have a lot of different thoughts about that. First of all, I just want to say welcome to the newcomer, welcome to the relapser, welcome home. Mm. You know, my experience is uh, people who are brand, brand newcomers to Overeaters Anonymous are pretty much um, an anomaly, but they don't, hang on one second. Okay, Mira, mommy be, mommy be done in a minute, okay? Um, they're an anomaly. And so I actually really find myself looking also a lot for newcomers. And in this electronic day and age, I just want to share, I, I don't ever have a hard time finding people <laughs> to talk to who are new or coming out of relapse. There are two WhatsApp groups. There's an email chat. I go to meetings and I work the chat group, meaning, um, you know, I text people before and during the meeting, hey, my name's Katie, I suffer from restriction and compulsive eating, but there's hope, you know, and that is my way of life now. This is not something I do because I need to pause and think of somebody else, like thinking of others is my way of life. The other thing, and if you're having trouble finding someone, let me know because I got a whole list. Um, The other thing I really wanted to talk about is, you know, newcomers bringing their problems, and I just wanted to say, like, For me, just in case you're a newcomer or a a relapser, you know, the way I have learned what to do with my problems is as the AA 12 and 12 says, and if you know me, you know this line, we only gain perspective by repeated humiliation and the final crushing blow of my self-sufficiency, and that is how I came out of relapse. But the thing is that anyone and everyone interested in a spiritual way of life can solve their problems. How? God. I do not apologize for God. This whole program is about finding God or Buddha or Allah or Jesus or a power greater than yourself because lack of power is my dilemma. Now, when I first came into the rooms, I wanted you to solve my partner problem, my job problem, my money problem, my health problem, everything. And people would say to me, put recovery first. And then everything else would be first class. And I'd be like, that is, that's fine for you, but it does not make sense. It doesn't make sense what you're saying. And what I have to tell you is if I do today when I did on day one, if I put my recovery first, everything else becomes first class. The most important thing when I have a problem, like, 
hey, I had a lot of problems in my mind yesterday. My mind was alive and kicking, and it wanted to kick my butt. And so I did the spiritual work, and then I helped others. The spiritual work, and then I helped others. And, and that's the way of getting out of myself, because spiritual principles can only be practiced when I'm out of my mind. Because the main problem happens in my mind. So when I'm out of my mind, I'm with God. I need to keep my head in the clouds and my feet on the ground. So I'm just so grateful to be one among many. And again, if you're new or you're coming out of relapse, welcome home. You are home and we have a solution that works. So thanks, Amy. With that, I pass. Thank you so much, Katie G. All righty. Although we value everyone's experience, strength, and hope. Um, if you've shared in the last couple of days, namely uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, we ask that you please step aside and allow others to share their experience, strength, and hope. So who else would like to share on what was read today following that great start? Melissa Perlin G. Melissa C. Janet C. Melissa C. Janet Harlan G. Elena C. Harlan. Kathy M. Nancy R. Nancy R. Julie N. P. S. Julie B. Okay, here's what I've got. Great lineup, everyone. Thank you. Melissa C., Janet B., Elena C., Harlan G., Kathy M., Nancy R., E.N.S., Julie B. Thought I might have missed someone up top there. Is there anyone that came in right in the beginning that I missed? All righty. I guess I heard everyone. That's a miracle. Okay, let's get rolling. Melissa C., you're up, followed by Jana B. Thanks. Hi, Amy. Thanks so much for your service. I'm Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York. And, yeah, I mean, I love this because this tells me exactly the purpose of our meetings, like what's our meeting supposed to be about. And, um yeah, we come together. I love that idea about coming together for sociability, too, and fellowship. Like, that's an important aspect. I think one of the things that I needed terribly when I came into Overeaters Anonymous was I needed I needed a place to belong without the food as, as like, the, you know, the thing that would sort of help me feel okay amongst other people. And I think coming here... You know, letting go of of the of the food of the eating, it was terrifying because I didn't know how I was gonna have sociability with other people. I had it wrong because I thought eating was social, but for me it was really antisocial. But I couldn't I couldn't get that, and it was just an incredible thing to come to meetings where there was fellowship and sociability, and I think that was a really important aspect. And you know, the other thing too, like I had the incredible pleasure of, of being away at a retreat this past week and I really saw just the level of joy in people coming together and practicing this spiritual way of life that made it I think it's very attractive to new people to have a spot where people are happy in their release I think it's good to be happy in our release but I also love the other part is that our purpose is to be constantly thinking about how are we going to you know, like strategize to help other people. And I think those are some of the greatest conversations that I've had with recovered folks and with sponsees that are out there sponsoring. When we talk about how can we, like, hmm, there's this new person and 
when we bring, you know, we sort of discuss the situation so that we can strategize and be helpful. And then the other thing I love is meetings that set aside time for questions. I think those are the most important parts. I've got an incredible, you know, a wealth of, of meetings that I attend that um, one of which is like a Saturday morning Zoom meeting that we have specifically given a half an hour for people with their questions, with their struggles. And it's a wonderful opportunity. If anybody needs a sponsee, go there because you're going to get to hear people that really need help and that our minds are really on, on how we can best meet their needs, you know, um, it's a beautiful way of life. I'm so blessed to have so many opportunities to have fellows that I'm happy in my release with and out there doing the work. Um, thanks for that all pass. Thank you so much, Melissa C. from New York. All right, Janet B., you're up, followed by Elena C. Please go ahead, Janet. Hi, good morning. This is Janet B., recovered compulsive eater in North Carolina, formerly of New Jersey. So I'm looking at that line that they set aside um, one night a week for a meeting to be attended by anyone or everyone interested in a spiritual way of life. Well, I got to say that if when I was coming around, they said this OA thing was about a spiritual way of life, I don't know that I would have come. I went in there to get a diet, to get a food plan. And what happened was they gave me the food plan, and guess what? I could not stick to it. I could not for six and a half years I tried sticking to this food plan, different food plans over the time, trying different, better food plans, different, better sponsors. I went through, I think it was about 50 sponsors, who knows how many food plans, and it didn't work. And then finally, thank God, I was at an OA convention where I was eating compulsively, and someone stood up and told me that the solution was a spiritual way of life. Well, I mean, I didn't know what that meant. Did that mean like, going up on a mountain and chanting eight hours a day, like what the heck was a spiritual way of life? And I learned that it was really simple. All it meant was me admitting that I had no power to manage my food or manage my life and then surrendering everything, my food plan, my whole life, all of it, right? Because our book says God is everything or else he's nothing. Surrendering everything to God saying, God, you take care of it. I, do, I don't know how. You're going to have to take care of it. Um, and then doing what I thought God would want me to do. And I had to start really basic and small. So I thought, okay, God would not want me to tell lies because our book tells us that we have to be honest or God won't come in. So I started being rigorously honest. Our book tells us I had to be unselfish. I didn't know what that meant. I lived in New York City at the time. I made sandwiches for homeless people. Um, I started putting spiritual principles into practice as best I could while I cleaned up my past. And then the hours turned into days, turned into weeks, turned into months, turned into years. Because what I've learned is that the only solution to my problem for compulsive eating was a spiritual way of life. Surrender, clean up my past, and help others. And it is not just a spiritual way of life. It is a glorious way of life. Getting abstinent was only, only act one. Um, so with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much. Janet B., North Carolina, formerly New Jersey, so might be on the list one way or t'other. All right, Elena C., 
Carlin G. Go ahead, Elena. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. I enjoy your comment. I enjoy this book. I enjoy the moderator. Um, my name is Elena C. from South Carolina, Recovered for Today. Um, and, you know, when I read this paragraph, I hear what someone said to me a while ago in the 12 step that was so profound that I, it was just, it wasn't deep and I will never forget it. <clears throat> Make your fellowship your family and your family your friends and and what does that mean is i hear in this um meetings that's happening and what is written in this paragraph is those values that i have so cherished and i wanted to i wanted to see around me i want those i wanted those people who raised me or who were friends with me when i was growing up to to practice these values, friendships, you know, talking about problems, safety, you name it. And I and I didn't receive it. My family left and right was impacted by addiction and other trauma because addiction is a trauma. Addiction is a trauma for the person. Addiction is a trauma for other people around. And there are other traumas that happen. And, you know, in, in the program, now I am getting all of this. And so I do need to know and understand that this is my family. And so, and with my family, it's almost like I had a family when I was growing up. Then I can proceed to the world and befriend the world. So now I can have you, my family, and I can befriend my birth family and you know I went over there uh, I was there for two weeks to visit my mother who has dementia and you know they baited me I mean you name it um, even before before this program even in Al-Anon because I've been in Al-Anon for so many years I totally took the bait for some reason this time they baited me on numerous occasions and I didn't take the bait and at one point, you know, some character flaws did show up for me, of course, because I'm human, and I own it. And I can't explain this. I cannot explain this. It's just a way of being in the world that is so clear cut. The old ways of being in the world it has not been working for me. But because I did not have this 12 steps, and God of my understanding, I thought that's just the way it was. I was in a surviving mode. I am not in surviving mode anymore. I'm in recovery. And my family, you know, I have not, I have not responded uh, to, to provocations. I just said, you know, firmly what my boundaries okay. were enough to cross. And I stayed with God. And I am so grateful for that. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Elena C. And I'm sorry, Elena, I forgot to write down where you're from. Where, where, what's, what state? She's from South Carolina. Oh, Elena from South Carolina. <laughs> I thought so. Okay. It just went right out of my head. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Elena C. from South Carolina. Harlan, you are Okay. Thanks, so Amy. I'm Harlan G. And I'm from Scottsdale, Arizona. 
a year and six months later puts the time frame January of 1937. If you take a look at June of 35, 18 months, and we've got January of 1937. Let's take a look at what's going, what's not going on. There is no AA. There is no book. There is no intergroup. There is no AA service board. These were people attending Oxford group meetings. This is not describing AA meetings just yet. In August of 1937, the New York groups would pull away from the Oxford group, but that wasn't for eight more months. So let's take a look at what we have here. You have 10 people in the world, 10 people in the entire world that are sober. Some of those 10 would die drunk. They would not stay sober. Hank Parkhurst is going to die drunk, and some of the Akron people and some of the new, they're going to die drunk, and, and Fitz Mayo is going to die of cancer in 1944. But the bottom line is, is that you have a situation here where they're going to the Oxford group meetings, and what is their primary purpose? Let's take a look. And they're happy in their release and constantly thinking how they might present their discovery to some newcomer. They're not sitting around thinking, oh, my dry cleaner ruined my suit, or my, my, my next-door neighbor threw his leaves on my grass, and now I've got to go drink. No, they're looking for ways to pass on the message. They're looking for ways to sponsor because they know early on that without being conduits of the information, they will cease to keep it. And that if we do not pass it on, we cannot keep it. In addition to these casual get-togethers, it became customary to set apart one night a week for a meeting of the Oxford group to be attended by anyone and everyone interested in a spiritual way of life. And then aside from fellowshipability, the prime object... The primary purpose was to provide a time and place where new people might bring their problems. Does that mean the new people said, oh, my wife doesn't understand me. Oh, no. No, that's not what they're talking about when they talk about their problems. They're talking about, I can't stop drinking. They're talking about, I can't hold a job. It's the height of the depression. These guys had families. They didn't know how to support them. These guys were drunk. That was their problem. Not some narishkeit, which means foolishness in Yiddish. Not some, some idiocy. Not some mundane thing. They can't stop drinking. That's right. their problem. Am I out of time already? Holy mackerel. Okay, Amy, yeah. I, hear your, I hear your thing. I will pass with that, but thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you so much. Thanks for your service. Thank you, Harlan. Good to hear you. Okay, Kathy M. Oh, that's Harlan G. from Scottsdale, Arizona. Kathy M. followed by Nancy R. Please go ahead, Kathy. Good morning. This is Kathy M. I believe you called my name next. I was unmuting. Yes, Kathy M., you got it. Please go ahead. Great. Um, this is Kathy M. from Michigan. I'm a recovering compulsive overeater, and I just want to, I will keep it short and sweet, this reading, and the person who did the reading, um, Katie G., and shared was the most perfect thing I needed today. I've been 
letting myself slip away day by day, not coming to meetings. My work schedule changed. I have all kinds of excuses. And I am basically in like what I consider, you know, people say slips. Well, it's a relapse. And I've been letting myself get further and further away. And this was the exact perfect thing I needed to hear this morning. Um, And having you all present for me to come back to and to remind me of the things that are important and to remind me of what aspects of the program I've let go of um, that have then allowed me to go into this um, relapse. So anyway, I just wanted to thank everybody and give my gratitude to you all for being here. And I would love uh, outreach calls. And Kathy, I'm from Michigan. I'm on the list. And I just um, I just can't say how important this group is in my life. And um, with that, I will pass. Thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you so much, Kathy M. from Michigan. Okie doke. Nancy R., you're up, followed by Ian S. Please go ahead, Nancy. Good morning, everyone. This is Nancy R. from Northwest Illinois. I'm a recovered compulsive operator. What a wonderful um, miracle that is that I'm a recovered compulsive reader. And uh, I am in awe of this reading this morning. A year and six months later, they have succeeded with seven more. Like a year and six months later, it sounds like so much time. And um, it makes me so grateful for these men who... Um, having gotten relief of their uh, their alcoholism, um, banded together and knew um, that they needed to keep working with each other and with others, and um, the, they they were happy in their release. Oh, I can so relate to that. I am so happy in my release, and I want to share it with others. And um, and and thankfully today I do. Um, and, you know, to, I just am filled with gratitude that, you know, in 1934, I think Harlan said 34, this uh, 1930s, let's just put it that way. Um, these, these men and women were, um, so dedicated to reaching out and finding others they could share what they had received with that here we are in 2023, and we have what we have today. I have what I have today. This meeting, all the recovered people in the meeting, all the newcomers and relapsers, and that we all come together um, and that we can come together almost every morning and uh, share um, the text and share the answer and share the uh, relief um, that we have um, to those who are new or relapsing and I have relapsed many times and I can so relate and I'm so grateful today for this prime objective to provide a time and place where new people might bring their problems which for us is binging and overeating and restriction and starvation and uh, purging and all the different forms of uh, the eating disorders um, that we have Um, so thanks. Thank you so much, Nancy R. from Northwest Illinois. Now we have ENS followed by Julie B. And just a friendly reminder for those of you who might have come on late, 
We are on page 159, the third paragraph, and we will be taking names, some more list of names after Julie B. Okay, please go ahead, Ian. Hey, all. My name is Ian F. I'm a compulsive overeater out of Louisville, Kentucky. It's great to hear you guys on the line today. Uh, love these morning meetings. I have, I almost highlighted this entire paragraph, <laughs> which happens mm -hmm. a lot, but um. I'm I'm currently looking at constantly thinking how they might present their discovery to some newcomer. Um and when I when I first came in and my sponsor told me about the twelve steps, this is before I even started working the steps. If you do this with me, you're gonna have to share it with new people. I was like, Yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> I'm dying, can you <laughs> yeah, let's 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 get along with this. Um having worked the twelve steps you know, the fear that I had that I would not have a life that 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 working the twelve step robbed me of a life total BS. <laughs> it's just total BS. I have a huge full life. This program has not robbed me of that. In fact it's done the opposite. It's given me that. You know, and I think it's really easy for me to get caught up in that life that I've been given. But I always, always inevitably find when I have a busy work schedule, when I have friends asking me to hang out all the time, you know, all this stuff, I have this instinct now that I, I want to talk to compulsive overeaters, <laughs> which is huge for me. It's huge for me. I did not want to be in these rooms when I started. I did not. I wanted to not be fat. That's all that I wanted. I wanted, I, I was terrified, right, that I would become fat if I kept eating this way. And so when I came in the rooms, I was not looking for fellowship. I was not looking to be happy in my release, you know. The second time that I came in the program, I love somebody saying how oh, we don't actually have that many real newcomers here. I was so desperate that I, I didn't care about what my body looked like. I cared about I am helpless. I can't beat this thing. I want to be free. I want to be released. And part of that release is sharing this with other people. You guys are the people who get me. Like, I have I have friends who, you know, are into the same things that I'm in, into. But, like, people in OA, they get me. And for me to not want to share this with somebody else makes no sense this is the most beautiful thing that's ever happened to me i've struggled with this thing for 18 19 years right and then i come into this program and i i discover that there is something that can be done that's something i want to share uh, i'll pass with that love you guys thank you so much ian f from kentucky all right, Julie B., and then we're going to take a few more names. Julie B., please go ahead. Good morning, everybody. My name is Julie P., as in Piper, and I am recovering in Minnesota. And I really want to thank you all for being here because nobody understands what it's like to eat one cookie other than you people. Kathy, my heart's with you. Thank you for sharing your truth and honesty. And I couldn't stop at one cookie after 15 months. 
it was a cookie and another and another and another. And thankfully, I knew the phone number to call the next morning because you're here and it's okay for me to cry and it's okay because I need, the book tells me, I need to share my rigorous honesty and I ate a cookie. But it's not about the cookie. It is so much more than the cookie. But we all know in these rooms what a cookie does. But I know the solution, and I really want to thank you all for being here for me. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Julie P. from Minnesota. We are so glad you are here. Thank you so much for sharing. Okay, everyone, we're on page 159, the third paragraph. Who else would like to share on what was read? I'm so sorry. Y'all came in at once. I didn't get anyone. Can we try that again? Darian. Darian. Lisa K. Lisa K. Who's from Georgia? Margaret D. Margaret from Georgia. Okay. Morzy. Morzy, gotcha. Lisa K. Lisa Lisa K. I think I got you, Lisa. No, it was Lisa. K. Rita K. Amy. Rita. Yvonne H. Germany. Hold hold on one second. It wasn't Lisa K. Who was it? Rita R I T A. Rifa. Oh my gosh. Rita, Rita with the T. <laughs> Rita, I was so good on the first line. Now I can't seem to hear anybody. Okay, so Rita, gotcha. Oh goodness. Okay, I have Dar. Hold on, I've got Darian K. I've got Rita. I've got Margaret D. I've Mara Z. And then there was someone else I missed. I had while well, I was trying to figure out the Rita slash Lisa problem. Who was that? Was it Lori H? Could be. I'm going to take it. Roll with it. Lori H. Okay. Probably one more. Let's see. Who else? Okay. Disregard that noise. All right. So we have Darian K., Rita, Margaret D., Maura Z., Lori H. Okay. Please go ahead, Darian. Yvonne in Germany. All right. So there was Saya from Germany. Who? Who? What is yes, that from? Yvonne who is that from Germany? Yvonne. Yvonne H. Yvonne H. Yvonne H. H. Uh, hopefully we can get to Yvonne. All right. Let's go okay. ahead, Darian. Please go ahead. Okay. Can you hear me okay? I can. Thank you. I can yeah. hear you, okay. actually. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> I actually can right. hear. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Um, yes, I'm Darian Kay in the Berkshires in Massachusetts. So gratefully recovered. And oh, always a pleasure to be on the line with all of you amazing people. Um, and what a beautiful um, picture um, that that Bill um, illustrates with this reading um, of just, you know, people smiling like they're just not like, oh, trudging through, man, we can't drink, we can't do this, we can't do that. It's like, no, this is like a life. This is a new life. Um, this is release. Like, I love that word, release. You know, to me, that's synonymous with freedom um, and these people were feeling the freedom that came with um, putting down their substance 
Um, and then helping somebody else um, to know what to do. Like, it's just amazing. Like, they were teachers, you know, um, and and taking the information that they were given um, and then offering it freely um, to other people. Um, and it's just, just so, so beautiful. And I just feel like that is um, how it works. That is how it works. That is our that is our purpose. And it's nice to have a purpose in life because, you know, life can be weird <laughs> and it can be, um, we can, sometimes we don't know what's up, what's down, what, you know, what are we doing? Where are we going? Why are we here? <laughs> and um, it's just so nice to have a purpose um, for me just to be able to carry the message um, to other people and, um, and to be, you know, um, not only a power of example, I hope, but also just, you know, to walk hand in hand, side by side with, with other people that are just like me. Um, and I never, ever feel alone. That's, that's the bottom line. I never feel alone. You know, I can be, I can be alone, but I never feel alone. And um, this program has given me that uh, amazing security. And, and it feels really good. So uh, thank you so much. And I'll pass. Thank you so much, Darren Kay from Massachusetts. All right, Rita, you're up. Please go ahead. Thanks. Thank you, Amy. Thanks, Team Thursday. My name is Rita Q. I'm based here in the UK with an Irish accent in Manchester. I really love this. Um, you know, for me, it is all about the newcomers, and you hear that so much in meetings. And I think, why is it always about newcomers? Because I need to remember who I am. I'm really cute, recovered, not cure compulsive over here. I need to be going through the book with people because I have a built-in forgetter and I will forget what I am as I did over, I'm recovered now over four and a half years, but in my relapse, you know, each day I woke up trying to, trying to do it on my own, own power, what little power I had. And, you know, like the speaker said, lack of power, that is our dilemma. And, you know, I kind of, that spiritual way of life reading that in the in the paragraph i think if you'd have told me that at the beginning that wouldn't have worked for me because you know i grew up in a place where people were killing each other because they were the wrong religion and I, that just wouldn't have been appealing but seeing people recover and 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 joining you know coming away and coming into these rooms and hearing the message and seeing proof that it works and that i no longer had to fight it anymore i no longer had to hate myself while i was doing it it's just incredible this is a miracle and it really is a design for loving. And I just, you know, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful I found the rooms. I'm grateful for my Abby that got me to the rooms, which was my brother. And, you know, I'm grateful I'm able to help others, you know, because for me, that's, that, that is what it's about now. And, um, you know, trust God, clean house, help others. It's, it's just the best thing I can do. And each day I'm in the book and, you know, what I feed, what I feed will grow and what I, you know, what I starve will die. And that includes the disease. If I start, you know, giving it an inch, it will take, it won't take a mile, it'll take a highway, <laughs> you know, and I can't for today, I'm not in that, you know, I, I speak to God when I wake up, I acknowledge who I am, and, you know, go through the steps, you know, during the day. So, just really grateful to be here, and uh, thanks to everybody, and thanks to everybody who's given service, and I'll pass. Thank you so much. Rita Q from the UK. All right, Margaret D, followed by Mara Z. Please go ahead. Thanks for your service. Um, yeah, thank you, everybody, for being here. My name is Margaret D, and I am a recovered compulsive eater um, 
in Georgia recovered only through God's grace and mercy. The line that I want to drill in on here talks about the last, the last line about um, aside from fellowship and social, social, I can't say the word anyways, the prime object was to provide a time and place where new people might bring their problems. Well, I want to enlarge that to um, the fifth tradition, which talks about we that the, the primary purpose is to help the still suffering compulsive eater. I had almost uh, did I had four and a half years of day back to back day beautiful abstinence, and was um, given the diagnosis of bladder cancer. Uh, by the doctors, and let me tell you, it just threw my spiritual life into total and utter chaos, as well as um, the physical part of it. Um, I couldn't eat because of the disease and actually was diagnosed as uh, being in a state of malnutrition or malnourished, and I couldn't figure out what was going on. I couldn't determine whether I was abstinent or not abstinent or I mean I spiritually I hit um, I was just totally well as as probably you can all imagine just floundering worse than floundering and so I called into the meeting a couple times trying to figure out what was going on could I still sponsor was I still abstinent was I not you know, all these questions, if you will, kind of like legalistic questions. Where do I stand on the scale of sobriety and abstinence and the rest of that? And when I asked the question, oh, I'm sorry, excuse me. <clears throat> when I put forth the question, because we're still asking questions back then, two people came on the line, and the first thing that both of them said was, just know that you are loved, that we love you. And I think that's all that my spirit was looking for was, you know, I'm, I just, am I still accepted? Am I still lovable? This is a different kind of a disease. But I came into these rooms after, I mean, into a vision for you after 30-some years of struggling with abstinence and, you know, trying and um, and I'll just wrap it up with that. Trying to do everything quote unquote perfectly so I could be accepted, when that was never the question. The question was, does God love me? And you know, where am I spiritually? And I was told unequivocally, yes, you are loved. So for all the still suffering people, please keep coming back. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Margaret D. from Georgia. All right, Mara Z., you're up, followed by Lori H. Please go ahead. Thank you, Amy. Mara Z. recovered in Virginia, and so very gratefully so. Oh, my goodness. Scarce an evening passed at someone's home did not shelter a little gathering of men and women happy in their release and constantly thinking how they might present their discovery to some newcomer. And this is what I've been told all along. And Amy, please time me. I forgot to set mine. Um, no problem. 
this is this is what I've been told all along that meetings are for the newcomer. And I also heard that every day everyone is a newcomer. But we are to carry this message as recovered compulsive overeaters. This is my purpose. This is my primary purpose. And in order to do that, I must gather with others. But I can also bring the message to newcomers without the benefit of a meeting. It's a matter of remembering to do God's work. And that's what I'm all about now, is doing God's work. I have a spiritual life. For many years in OA, I did not have a spiritual life. I kept asking, how do you do that? How do you get there? And for many years, I was told, just pray. Well, I didn't know how to pray, so how do I get there? What do I do? And finally, when I came into a vision for you, I was taught that you get to God by a very simple plan. You follow the 12 steps. That's how you get to have a connection with your God, with whoever you is, whatever it is that you call God, because each of us gets to have our own but that's the important piece of this is that we're doing spiritual work. We're doing 12-step work. And we must always be there for each other and for the newcomer. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mara Z from Virginia. All right, Lori H., you're up, followed by Yvonne H. Please go ahead, Lori. Can you hear me? Hello? I can. Oh, great. Okay. Um, Lori H. Go ahead, Lori. Um, I can hear you. <laughs> fantastic. Lori H. from Miami, Florida. Um, so um, I uh, I identify as, um, you know, recovered compulsive overeater, and some days I don't feel recovered. And that's um, usually when I'm being called to pay attention to something and I'm not present. And um, I am having my son over uh, next month for the holiday meal and meeting his girlfriend for the first time, which is going to be an emotionally charged situation. Um, so this little gathering just brought up that and the 10th the step that I'm going to do with my train partner and, and, you know, at eight o'clock and um, my thoughts have been busy with uh, creating uh, something for them that they will enjoy. And that in the past has taken me out. And I was like, you know what? God, show me the truth of this situation. I get to be authentically me. I get to let them be responsible for their own enjoyment of their food on the holiday meal. I'm telling them what I am providing, the abstinent foods that I am providing, and letting them bring the rest and take it with them when they leave. And I forgot that because it's been a year since, you know, the holiday stuff lessons, you know, rolled around. And I was like, oh, well, no wonder I was, you know, feeling all bajiggity yesterday and I wasn't real present and I was all moody and blah, blah, blah. I was back in the fantasy and I was not in today. And today I'm back in today and my God made it, you know, loud, loud and clear for me. Yes, this is the lesson circling around again. You get a little more practice at it. I didn't have to act out on it, but I'm going to be clear. And I'm going to use my program. I get honest about who and what I am, that that is not good for me. And I get out of the fantasy and, you know, the the false, you know, the lies I tell myself. And I use all my steps today. And I get to be present and free again today and feel fantastic and recovered. And I'm so grateful to my loving God and to all of you on this meeting uh, for your beautiful messages. And I wish you all a fantastic day of light and love. God bless you.
Thank you so much, Lori H. from Florida. And uh, Yvonne H., you are up, and you will take us out. Thank you so much. Glad we had time. Thank you so much, and thank you for still taking me in. Uh, Yvonne H. from Germany. Uh, this part where it says, page 159, into a spiritual way of living, thus relieving much worry and suffering, so if I want to take responsibility, I need to stop worry and suffering and giving everything to God. God is in charge, not me. And trust God on a daily basis. I am going to visit my family next week in Berlin. And I was suffering and worrying because I didn't know what to do. But after reading this and listening to all of you, uh, I know what I have to do. I have to take give it... In, to God's hand and share with others until I go there and listen to others and let God say what is right for me, to be honest. And in this way, while I'm doing this with my siblings, I am, I am giving the message. I am transmitting the message because they are seeing that I am different, that I'm being able to say no to something, but in a nice way in a very gentle way, in a loving way. And I need to go to Berlin to go in a loving way. I don't want to go with fear and restriction and, and, and things like that. I want, And I don't want to go suffering and worrying. So I will listen to what my fellows in the program tell me about this topic. And God is going to tell me what to do. So I am going to prepare myself with God and to know that God is in charge and not me. And this is what I need to do on a daily basis. And that's the way I transmit the message to others. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much, Yvonne H. from Germany. We actually have two minutes left. Is someone else like to take a two-minute pitch? Share. Uh, this is Tricia D. from Georgia. Tricia D., please go ahead. You've got a minute um, and 45. All right. Thank you. Please tell me. You know, this paragraph speaks to me so powerfully as well, and I love all the shares. And I'm Tricia D. is a crossover eater from Georgia. You know, I just think the miracle of when we are, when we have ourselves available to do God's work, uh, and seeking his will, how he opens doors for us. And I'm just amazed that, like, right now I'm preparing to go speak to my doctor's staff. My gastroenterologist asked me to come speak to his staff and his nurse practitioners and his patients. That is only by God could have happened. And I think, wow, what a powerful, you know, opportunity to to um, allow doctors to understand this disease and how we can and how they can help their patients. Because my doctor was saying the patients don't listen to me anymore. They're they're dropping left and right from liver diseases and kidney diseases. And you know could, maybe they'll listen to you because I've had a liver transplant. And and because of this program, totally because of a vision for you, I am now absent. And it's been six years since my recovery and um, six years since I've had a liver transplant and I'm healthy to this day because of this program and working the 12 steps. 
So I am mm-hmm. so utterly grateful. And this program just shares it. It speaks it loud and clear that I would not be where I am today Time. for this program. Thank you so much for letting me share. You go, girl. Awesome. All right. Thank you so thank, much, Percy thank you. from Georgia. All righty. Well, thank you, everyone, who shared. What a great meeting. Please join us for another awesome second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today's 7 a.m. Eastern Time OA Vision for You meeting is 2059. That's two zero. Seven five nine. That's for today, Thursday, October 19th. We will now close with a reading um, from the big book on page 164. So, Nancy R., will you please take us out with a vision for you? Yes, hi, Nancy R. Uh, from Northwest Illinois, uh, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if, own, if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.